You're listening to a Whales Are Whales production. You're also listening to Whales. Visit whalesorwhales.com for more projects and shows like this one. Welcome to Third Person, a podcast about storytelling and fiction. I am your host, Brian, and joining me today are two other people that you might be able to predict because they've been here on every single other episode. One of those people is Abigail. Hello, Abigail. Woo! I like it. Enthusiasm. And the other person is my brother, Stephen. Hello, Stephen. Woo! Eh. <laughs> Now it just seems like you're copycatting. <laughs> well, maybe I am. Poser. See, if I'd introduce, it's not like first. Abigail introduced the the phrase "woohoo." You know what? I introduced point. it to the world just now. So ha. Ah. Yeah, I'd actually never heard that before. Have you never played a Mario game in your life? <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna make that reference, and I'm happy you did because that was Calling a more natural off. place to put it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this episode's gonna be about something. People who you know are looking at the episode title, which. If you're listening to this, you've probably seen, know that it's going to be about the movie The Book Thief. Since we have just finished our series on the book The Book Thief, we thought we'd watch the movie and talk about that because, you know, we're really smart. Yeah, it's The Book the book Thief, the movie, the movie of The Book Thief, the book. It's Yeah, see, I was trying thief, to explain The Book Thief, the movie, the podcast. You explained it so much <laughs> clearer than I did, Stephen. Now it all makes sense. <laughs> Well, and yes, Abigail, we need to name this the Book Thief, the movie, the podcast. Oh, please do. <laughs> which, I, which I think is going to be the the episode that title. Should, yes, awesome. thing. Uh, so I'm just gonna say, let's jump into discussion here because I mean I don't really care about how you people are. I assume you're doing well. Oh yeah, my feet oh, are yeah. asleep right now. But other than that, oh, see, that was important information. That that <laughs> that shows me I shouldn't go charging ahead so wantonly. Um, yes, my feet are not asleep. What about yours, Stephen? Um, let me check. Nope. <laughs> and if your feet are asleep, do write in at thirdpersonshow at gmail.com. <laughs> third person, so a storytelling podcast elevating the dialogue. <laughs> yes, or tweet us at thirdpersonshow with hashtag feet asleep. Um, <laughs> and go that. enter a drawing Don't for a that. free pair of socks. Don't I'm do so that. tweeting us right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love jokes to happen when there, are, there aren't even live streams for people to know what we're talking about. <laughs> All right. Um, so yeah, The Book Thief, the movie, uh, I think it'd be fun if like our first episode of, uh, after a quick intro about it, our first episode of The Book Thief, we went over all the different characters and thought how they were portrayed in the, um, in the movie. Okay. But before we do that, just any general thoughts about the movie you want to start with? Um, uh, well, should we say, uh, who directed it and stuff? That's unimportant. <laughs> it was, it was <laughs> Michael Jackson, right? What year did it come out? It all right, fine. We'll do, we'll, I'll pull up the Wikipedia page and read off it, relevant it, information. It, it came out in 2013. I know that. All right. Do you know who directed it? No. <laughs> Someone with an American name, I thought, but I'm not sure. Okay, that's right. definitely good. It was directed for me. by Brian Percival. Ha! Um. Yeah, I don't know who that is. I this don't is... either. What else has he directed? Has he done anything we know? This is so dumb. I should have looked this stuff up beforehand. <laughs> Gosh, I was Brian, not slowing this. down the podcast. Yeah. Sorry. I, okay, okay. We, okay. We he don't... directed a bunch of Downton Abbey. Oh, I love Downton Abbey. All right. He also directed North and South. I love that miniseries. movie. It's a miniseries or a movie. Yeah, I know. It's great. Okay. North and South. All right. Okay. So you should like this director. Okay. okay. He seems like a good fit. So now, He does. He does. Now that I know that, um, mm -hmm. comparing The Book Thief to Downton Abbey and North and South, um, maybe it's because I read the book first, but mm -hmm. I feel like it doesn't hold up. All right. So I think there are going to be two primary ways we look at this movie. One is as it compares to the book. And the second is just how it holds up as mm -hmm. its own story. And both are very valid and important ways to look at it, but they are going to be different. Um, Steven, what do you think? Should we just jump into the character specifically or start talking about our like overall feelings starting out? I don't think we, I don't think we can start with specifics because we're going to start with that and then get on and tangents about what we about our overall feelings. About. Exactly. I agree with you on exactly. that. So, uh, let's just go around a table here. Steven, what did you think of the book thief as a standalone and what did you think of it compared to the book? Well, um, I suppose I feel like, um, the, the creators of, of the film read the book all the way through. Um, looked around at each other at a table and just kind of went, 
wow, that was that was a story about a girl living in World War II. You bet your hat it was. Let's make a feature film. <laughs> and that's about as far as they went. Um, as a movie, it's okay. Um, as a companion to the book, it's um, uh, it's very sad, I think. Um, I feel like it lost all of its weight. Um, and uh, I'll stop monologuing now because I have all right, a lot we'll of We'll go into opinions. that in more depth soon. But yeah, I'm just looking for like initial impressions. That, those are my initial, my initial impressions. I feel and like inquiring minds want to know. It, all right. It's a, it's a serviceable film. Um, but almost everything that was special was lost. I will not spoil whether or whether or not I agree with you. Okay. Abigail, what did you think <laughs> about the book Thief, the movie? I I think I had similar thoughts. I gave it a really good try. Um, mm -hmm. Normally, Wait, going... you didn't finish it? No, 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 no. no. I finished it. <laughs> Let me explain. Okay. Let me explain. <laughs> yeah, that would suck if I didn't finish it. Yeah. Um, I started out the movie and I was going, okay, this is a movie based on the book, which means it's most likely not going to be good. But I'm going to try anyways, mostly because I was mm -hmm. very impressed by The Fault in Our Stars that came out recently. And I was like, yeah, that was a book where, I mean, things happen, but it wasn't like super exciting or anything. So right. it turned out really, really well. Um, and so I started watching The Book Thief. And uh, as a movie, I probably would not have liked it by itself. Right. I agree. Um, yeah. It was one of those representations where it almost took the book word for word and just put it on screen yeah. instead of transforming mm -hmm. the story for the screen. Right. I agree sense. with you. I there. mean, a couple things were changed and I respected those changes, but other than that, I was like, so, so it sounds like both of you are pretty tepid on it. You don't have strong hatred for it. Like it ruined everything, no. but it didn't do much for you. There's nothing to hate about it. Um, it's just like all mm -hmm. of those, um, through the last episodes, we've been talking about how the book thief, drags in certain areas and starting right. to feel typical or is it really just a story about a jew who <laughs> lives and it's like no it isn't once you get to the end it isn't in the book it is it really just is so that's yeah that's all they my get opinion yeah my opinion on it is basically when we talked about the book thief we talked about how it wasn't a very good story but it was excellent storytelling mm -hmm. and in my opinion the movie reinforces that opinion yeah which is when you take the story and remove from it how it's told it's really boring like, I was honestly bored during this oh, most yeah, of this too. movie. I'm not going to um, lie. I paused a few times to do some studying and then went back yeah. to it. Like, that's how and much And the studying was probably in. more entertaining. Like, I hated the studying, yeah. but at the same time, I was like, well, I'm not, like, pulled to watch this movie. No, it is not a compelling story on its own. What no. made the story compelling is how it was told. The idea that he would randomly spoil things mm -hmm. and right. death would draw you along with this magnificent prose and then pull the rug out from under you by telling you what's about to happen or telling you what this guy's randomly thinking. When you just take the events, may I, it's dull. May I present um, a a short no. scene? Fine. Uh, no? All right, I'll just sit over here. Over here. No, go ahead. Where I can't Fine. bother anyone. Okay, <sighs> may I present a very short scene that, in my opinion, um, epitomizes... Um, all of the problems I have with this movie. Sure. Please do. Um, it's the scene where Rudy jumps in the river to get the book. Okay. In the book, not the book that fell in the river, but in the actual book, The Book Thief. Um, this was a moment about Rudy as a person. He went in after that book and he just stood there smiling, freezing, dripping with river water because after having a horrible day, after going through all of these struggles, he had a victory. It was minor. You could even mm -hmm. say it was humiliating. But to Rudy, it didn't, that didn't matter. With his devil-may-care attitude, that was everything. And the, the narrator described that as this shining moment, and it kind of stuck in my mind. Right. Um, and there was, like, a bit of humor there. There was a bit of, like, um, almost bittersweetness, because if this is the best he can do, how good really is Rudy? It was right. a great, great moment. In the movie... The whole scene was Rudy does something brave and nice and the the tension or the the notable um, uh, emotional pull of that scene was Liesel thinking that he was going to drown for a moment. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and suddenly, that's a consistent problem I've noticed throughout the film is its building of tension is both cheap and ineffective. Mm -hmm. Like it consistently would do this. It turned this scene where Max was hiding in the basement to a very traditional hiding scene yeah the, i was mm -hmm. really disappointed because i remember she so she goes and scrapes her knee and whatnot 
Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I saw that this scene was coming because the people were coming around and I go, oh, yes, I'm so excited. This was my favorite scene in the book. Out of mm-hmm. all of the scenes, including the ending scene, this was my favorite scene. And I was right. very disappointed. <laughs> yeah, because, because they changed. Yeah, go they ahead. They changed so much. Honestly, what made that scene so great was, to me, was Liesl's, um, Liesl's plan basically the fact that she goes i'm gonna help them and i'm gonna be the one who warns them so i'm gonna come up with this plan so that i can get inside and warn them and we'll try to get everybody out then when that doesn't really work um you know basically the uh, gestapo or whatever the hell they're called in germany go downstairs and everyone is just left waiting and all you can see the family upstairs while he we have no idea what's going on with him we can't exactly and and the book did a very good job yeah the book did a very good job of not creating cheap tension because the book starting out, you knew they were trying to go into a basement to to check for um for if it could be a good shelter. They didn't hide that fact until the end. Mm-hmm. Like in the movie, they tried to portray it like they were searching for Jews. That's what they were trying yeah, to make you think. Hard. In addition, in the in the book, it was a really congenial, friendly officer who came in, even from the beginning. Mm-hmm. In the movie, it was a threatening terse officer. Uh, in the book, they were not down there with him. In the movie, they were. In the book, you didn't see him hovering over the tarp and do the classic mm-hmm. bait and switch of what is this, pick up a different object, and then, you know, you think they notice it and then they don't. Like, the movie just took all the things that the book made kind of natural and part of normal life and made it a traditional movie hiding scene, mm-hmm. which really disappointed I me. I think one reason it works so well in the book is because when I read the character who was coming in to search them, um, right. I was imagining Hans from uh i think his name is hans from inglorious bastards um if anyone has seen the movie i know brian has but remind me who that is he is the he's basically the main nazi guy who's always smiling and he's always nice and especially that very opening scene is when he comes in to interrogate someone about jews so i'm almost imagining that scene that was a very nazis are way (laughs) scarier when they're friendly oh yeah they're so much scarier when they're friendly because you know that they're not nice and so you're like what do you want you're trying to manipulate Uh me what are you doing um, yeah. and so when I read it in the, in the book, I imagined that character playing there super nice, super mm-hmm. friendly. Hey, I'm just coming in to check your basement. I just want to see if it's deep enough. No harm. Um, and that made me more tense than anything else. Right. And then, you know, the other tension, Stevie, you mentioned when Rudy was drowning, quote unquote, when getting the book, that was kind of a cheap tension build. Additionally, when they showed the truck flipping over, but then not showing what happened yeah, to Hans, that was really another cheap. cheap tension build. So th- the book specifically avoided those types of things. And that's one of the things I think we point out several times that we appreciated about it, is instead of building tension, it would it would release tension randomly and then build up to it again. Well, the movie just kind of took it in a traditional plot format of, you know, build tension, release, build tension, release, etc. And I think what makes this conversation different than just uh, I liked this story and they changed some of my favorite characters and they changed some of my favorite moments. Why did they do that sort of deal Mm -hmm. is that I don't take issue with the things that they changed, Mm -mm, the events that they changed. It just felt to me like um, the creators of the movie fundamentally did not understand what made the book worth reading. Which was mm. the narrator, really. It was how it was told. It wasn't what And was that told. narrator really only got, you know, five paragraphs or so throughout the entire film. It um, felt disjointed as an aspect of the storytelling rather than natural. Which, I mean, that is a hard thing to do. It, it certainly is. Um, I, I, am, I guarantee it could have been done better with, with some skillful yes. hands. Um, but I'm not going to, I remember talking about the movie and saying, I don't think they can do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that was like, my oh, biggest like, fear, honestly, yeah. was how death was going to be portrayed. And right. kind of the sad thing is he really wasn't. He has kind of a generic, you know, British narrator. I think the one scene I really liked in, with death, and I think it was a nod to, I don't think he actually quoted this from the book, but nod to in the book where he said he's so ordinary and he doesn't get the image of the sickle is when right before the bomb drop, they had that kind of ordinary looking man dressed all in black walking down the street oh that was good yeah as death narrates mm. i thought that was the best scene with death because i thought that was pretty cool i think my probably the the part of the movie that i went wow this feels like the book the only part was when um the little boys were running through the street and they're going war war yay we're going to war or whatever uh, and they're oh, waving right. the papers and death says so often they think that they're running to war but in fact they're just running to me and the boys are running at the camera at that point yeah. Um, and that was a direct quote from the book, and I loved it. And the way that they portrayed that made mm-hmm. it gave me the same feeling that I felt when I read the book, and I was going, "This is the book thief." Like, yeah, this it is really needed. Movie should feel like. It needed more cinematography. It needed more subtlety and metaphor oh, in it. 
unfortunately mm-hmm. they just found every scene and took it um at its face base value right um, and not even every scene and that's the interesting thing about the book thief as a movie obviously it's a pretty long book they can't mm-hmm. fit in every slice of life moment in and not every one of them is important necessarily but that's the thing is the book thief did not miss out on very many important moments. The problem is it missed out on unimportant moments. Mm. And when you do that, the story loses its purpose in the first place. Mm -hmm. It was too purposeful of a story in the movie, yet also felt like a pointless story because it felt more like it had a point. That's a weird point to make, but I think it is a distinction from the book. Well, that makes sense because in the end of the book, um, when the bombs fall, the whole point is that you've lost an entire town. The whole point is that you've spent your entire reading experience meeting every single person in this town and then Mm -hmm. you feel such a loss at the end i didn't feel that loss at the end at all because i hardly knew any of the characters every story arc was truncated so much that you didn't really feel attached to anyone like especially the mayor's wife Mm -hmm. like they kept so little of what made that story actually interesting Mm -hmm. Um, it truly is a shame that they weren't able that they weren't able to capture that kind of firecracker spirit that liesel has Right. Um, yeah. She was such a. So let's yeah, let's jump into the characters. Okay. Now yeah. That we're doing. That. So we kind of we such about a... death. Yeah. <laughs> we death. So so let's just go ahead and talk about you know Liesel. How do we think she was portrayed, Stephen? You were perhaps saying something. She about was this? such a doe-eyed um, girl in World War Two. You know, in the movie. In the movie. Right. I did not feel like. I mean, like in the book, she was yelling at people and swearing and messing up and being really smart but in the in the movie i really only got the sense that she was troubled but had overcome that and was a kind of a a good-natured you know literate little girl Mm -hmm. um right and i i really missed the passion that i got from the book even when the book was being boring it wasn't this boring (laughs) i suppose (laughs) (laughs) i agree um i remember like starting the movie um, and I'm just watching and a lot of it felt it didn't feel real. It didn't feel like it was happening to me. It felt very fake. Um, like when the grave digger, grave digger dropped the book and she found it. It seemed yeah. very much like the director said, OK, he's going to drop the book. Then you pick it up and walk away. Yeah, um, I, I, think, I just don't think it was very it, good. Yeah, it it just didn't feel natural. Um, but she did have her moments, though. She did, as a character, have some moments that didn't feel okay they did still feel stilted but they felt like liesel um like when she mm-hmm. was sitting at the table with her 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 papa and he's talking about you know why did we ever do this why did i help that man why did we take in a jew whatever and she looks at him and she says because that's what people do and that you're right she moment it was still really good like that was liesel and that's who she was um and i liked seeing those every once in a while they just they didn't come super frequently <laughs> Also, I think maybe the moment when she had the idea to make the snowman, she started mm-hmm. to come alive a little bit. And there was more animation Absolutely. there. Um, and I I love how she says, I can't. Oh my gosh, she says it so much. I can't do the sound. It's driving me crazy, but I love it. Yeah, it's because in German you pronounce R in the back of your throat. I know. I can't get that. I'm going to practice that. Yeah, I can't say it right. Anyway, <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of Rudy, what did you think of uh, Rudy? I think they got a great actor for Rudy. Really? I do. I do. I, at first I was skeptical, but I think he has that face down right. I think if he had yeah. been, I think if there had been better direction, I think they got a great, he was a little older. Physically, they got a great actor. For maybe that's Rudy. what I mean. A great likeness of Rudy. Like the, yeah. the bright hair and the bright eyes. And I feel like he could have been very good. But um, like my, the rest of the movie, I felt very disconnected from him. I disliked Rudy more in the movie <laughs> than I did in the book. <laughs> did you dislike him in the book? I did dislike him in the book. I mean, I, okay, right. no, no, no. I didn't dislike him in the book. I didn't particularly like him. In the mm-hmm. movie, I disliked him. <laughs> right. I think, again, a difficulty with Rudy's portrayal in the movie. He has even is less the, character arc. In the book, you did feel he had this weird intelligence. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. he had how he would handle things and how he would think through things was unorthodox and interesting and clever in his own way. In the book, uh, sorry, in the movie, he felt um very flat you only got yeah. the face value of rudy 
And that and was he, already bad he, enough in the book. Yeah. He already felt like the sidekick. I almost felt like he got cheated. Like, it's not really his yeah. fault. I feel like it's just the portrayal's fault. But we only get the surface value things. We don't really get much emotion. We don't get much inner turmoil or anything like that. She, He was, to me, he felt like the love interest Right. Um, that somebody yeah, throws in simply to have one there. He didn't really have his own story. He did. I mean, and they did show that, like him running on the track by himself and getting caught. Um, that was really good. Um, mm-hmm. But still, it was... And I think I feel like that was less to show his character and more to show Nazi Germany. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And there were just too many moments... That were just blatant and uh oh, folks, look, it's the Nazis. Can you believe this happened? Look how bad, yeah. bad, 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 bad the Nazis were. It's like, yeah, I, it I felt like it was I basking know. in that more than the book itself did. The book was pretty subtle. The book had a, um, I a, did like some a of dark. Mm-hmm. You like what? I liked some of those moments. I liked the moment where Max had to run. I liked the placement of that. Um, I didn't particularly love the scene with him and his mom, but I did like seeing the Nazis pulling people out of their homes and like beating them in the streets and whatnot because that actually happened. Um, And so I I suppose so. For some, I liked seeing that. It felt like it wasn't deserved for some reason. Hmm. Um, It just felt like shock value. I don't know why. I Um, felt like they were trying to pull you back into, hey, this is Nazi Germany. Right. And this is happening. It's not happening really as a list, but it's happening. Well, maybe that's the whole problem. Yeah. And they had to, you know, show that in a kind of cinematic, you know, yeah. terrifying way. Well, the book just, you never got to see that in the book. You just had death saying, oh, it's bad out there. It's really bad out there. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah, it just lacked the subtlety again. again. Uh-huh. I think that's one problem I have with the movie fairly consistently is that it feels like it doesn't earn its moments because it keeps pulling these wonderful moments from the book, but the book earned them. For the most part. And that's but the, the movie thing. just kind of keeps jumping from one to the other and not quite doing any of them justice. And it's not like... It sounds like I hate everything about the movie and love everything about <laughs> the book. We're being really negative. That is not <laughs> true. The movie was well shot yeah. and decent. And the book yeah. was very good but flawed. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's not like... It's not like... Uh, I can't think of an example of an exquisite book next to a terrible movie, but they are surely out there. Harry Potter... Uh, Maybe I won't say that the books are exquisite, but the movies <laughs> were bad enough. All right, to be terrible. But maybe those like then. the Harry Potter movies were way worse than this movie. So okay. it's not gotcha. like wow, I just. I'm really not interested in those things. Yeah, okay, um, like at least the first two. <laughs> first two. Those are the only I've watched ones I've watched. Yeah, <laughs> they were way worse that. than this movie. So like, it's not like they did really good as far yeah. as quality. So, well, and well, the characters, lastly Steven, about Rudy, though, oh, before yes. we move on, the best thing about Rudy was Death's infatuation with him. Because mm-hmm. you wonder, right. like, why? Like, is that so interesting that there's this kid that Death is like, man, that kid didn't deserve to die. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like Death is saying that. I love that. More, and that wasn't in the movie, really, at all, was it? I don't, I don't even recall. It. I don't think so. No. But another thing that kind of, I think, goes to your point about Rudy just being the love interest abigail Mm -hmm. and i could be recalling this wrong but he was not barely alive and then died next to liesel in the book no No, he was he was completely dead by the time she that felt really really cheap and actually pulled to me most of the like oh yeah start oh uh, by that point i was talking to the screen alone in the dark saying no no (laughs) (laughs) me too so steven explain why that did was a bad move like (sighs) because in the book Everyone was already dead. It was over. You and Liesl were in shock. And that moment with Rudy was pure regret on Liesl's part. It was over. Everything was gone. In the yep. in the movie, they tried to use it as one last dramatic moment. They tried to make Rudy the central character. They tried to to, you know, pull a pull an old classic from Hollywood um and give him some final words. Um, right and it also just made it all so much less believable it, it, yeah it's like how is he the one who's alive and then kind of the one moment in the book when liesel kisses rudy it meant something because that had been kind of a running gag but you know with undercurrents through the whole book but in the movie it, it just wasn't even clear he just died and she was sad and that's it's like that's all that they trusted the audience to be able to understand liesel's best friend died and she's she's sad 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I didn't. Did, I, yeah, I, I did ahead. get the feeling throughout the movie that she was developing feelings for him. So I was glad that that kind of came across. I think the, yeah. the biggest thing about that one scene, though, when he died, um, that got me was when he died in the middle of saying I love you. Um, one, he was... Okay, maybe he just looked younger than he was supposed to be, but he looked really young. And I can't imagine a little kid thinking, oh, these are my last moments. I need to tell Mm -hmm. this girl that I love her. I would have imagined if he said anything, I would have imagined him saying, where's my mom? Or it hurts or something that a little kid would say because he's like 12. Yep, I agree. Uh, That felt completely out of place and just like, you know. Straight no. out of a Hollywood strip book. <laughs> I yeah, I groaned. So, I went, oh. I mean, it had the I love. <laughs> yeah, it was just too ridiculous. Like, yes, it hurt. I, I can't believe that was put in there. Like, how could they have thought that was a good idea? So that seems like the moment for you and me, at least, Stephen, that we were just kind of actually angry about. Like, that's the I, one thing I that gave I up say. on the movie with the with the Rudy in the River, and I uh, okay. I threw the movie under the bus. <laughs> with the, uh, yeah, that was bad, because that Rudy was such an incredible brother. scene that they totally could have done, and then they pulled that. I remember, like, I remember talking about that? that whole bombing scene um, in the last episode of The Book Thief, um, and you were saying, I could imagine how they could do this. And I was mm-hmm. watching... I was like, I guess this is kind of what Brian said, but there's no art here. There's no passion. There's no. It's just by the book. It's exactly you what it. you would have expected. It mm-hmm. showing everyone sleeping in their final moment. That's it. It's just face value. Right. I it's remember, like, and they didn't even take the best lines from it. They didn't take yeah. the soul sitting up with Hans' line yeah. that I thought was fantastic, and the lines about Rudy, his his special like infatuation with Ruby. They uh, Rudy. They didn't take that. So, yeah. I know um, when that go scene ahead, did come around uh, when everybody died. Um, watching her go from body to body, whatever, it felt very flat. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of that honestly had to do with the filming. Because I'm imagining in my head how this could have been filmed better, mm-hmm. how it could have made me feel disoriented, Um, you know, yep. how they can do like slow motion things or hold the camera or something like that. Um, yep. And so her going from body to body, I almost felt like I was watching from like a security camera on the street, just watching yeah. this little girl go from body to body. And it was to me, very yeah. flat. <laughs> To me, um, and I won't do too much of a spoiler, but an example of a TV show doing shock of death incredibly well is in that Buffy episode. The Buffy episode. The body. When she discovers the body, that is how you do that kind of scene. Yes. That was very well done. And the the episode that came after that was very good, too. And it's not like the Buffy series is known to have artistic camera angles. You know, that was very simply done. It wasn't even, yeah, it wasn't even the camera. It was, I think a lot of that was the acting. Honestly. The acting and the and sound. The writing. Oh yeah, because there was really no good. music. It was just the normal noises of a suburban neighborhood, just walking around. Oh, uh-huh. we, we'll come back to the music at some point, but I don't really have great words for yes. that. Either. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, book thief movie. That's interesting. The music can, actually, I enjoyed a lot. Can we of go it. ahead and go into that because I'm curious. I love the music. I loved it as well. I was watching the movie, saying this is the only good part of this movie. I agree with you. I like the accordion music. I like the piano music a lot. I, I, didn't like the love piano. I was surprised that it was John Williams because I'm not a huge fan. Yeah. Of Wait, it was John Williams? It yeah. was John Williams. John Williams has fallen from grace. What? <laughs> okay, it wasn't bad. And I'm yeah. sure I was influenced to an extent by the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. But to me, it felt like it was trying to manipulate emotions that weren't there just like everything else mm-hmm. well at I some point like john really williams has to make an emotional wrong. score it's not his fault that the movie can't hold it up yeah no see the the score was great the score yeah. fit each scene and the emotion that was supposed to be in that scene. i agree it was everyone else who was not holding up their end of the bargain i totally agree with that well i won't, I won't. <laughs> you I, can go ahead i won't plant a stake in the ground and say this is how it is because i was kind of experiencing it all as a whole yeah so i'm partially just happy there's something we disagree on um but about I, this whole movie i guess there's something i it. like about the movie exactly using the the piano like i don't know what the word is it felt like a like a somber sort of i don't know i can't find the right word for it but right. it felt it felt like the something i've heard before just like i had hmm. seen everything before in this movie and mm-hmm. it's all just coming together to be a movie and it felt like i don't know like the 
The score wasn't perfect, just like the book wasn't perfect, but I think that the idea, how it used that solo piano through so much of it, especially I thought it was affecting at the beginning. I think mm-hmm. it did a very good job of conveying the kind of mystery and intimacy of that scene with the train. All right, let's hear the, the thing. I don't like John Williams' um, whimsical scores. I, I don't I like ha- I don't like Harry Potter. Okay. It reminded me of Harry Potter. Um, huh. It did not do it for me. In the beginning, it kind of felt like zooming in on the train with the snow and the strange death-like narrator and the music is bringing you into the mysteries. And I was like, eh, it feels like a yeah. like a movie. <laughs> gotcha. um, I mean, I would need to listen to the score more, mm-hmm. um, but it was definitely my favorite part of, of the movie as a whole. Like if I took the mm-hmm. acting or the story writing or the score, I think the score was the strongest part. And that's before I knew it was John Williams. Well, I know I the, the the parts of the score that really got me that when I actually noticed it and I went, wow, mm-hmm. this is really good. It was usually during an intimate moment um, when she's yeah. in her house or she's talking to Max or he, she and her dad are having a conversation. And it's just this light piano in the background. And it, it just kind of tickles me. And I go, oh, man, that's again, yeah. that's what this book is supposed to feel like. That's what this movie is supposed to feel like. And so it was those times that I really noticed it. I didn't really notice it any other time. Um, mm-hmm. And that's why I was so surprised when I found out that it was John Williams. Because uh, yeah, I, I purposely looked at the end. I was like, who did this score? It's great. Um, and I was like, wow, that didn't sound like John Williams at all. No. Interesting. It was just, just good because John Williams is fine, but he's not one of my mm-hmm. favorite composers. Yeah. An interesting fact is it was apparently the first time Williams had uh, scored a film that was not directed by Steven Spielberg since 2005. Wow. He hasn't gotten around very much. Yeah, uh, I mean, it probably means something that I'm the least articulate on this point because I haven't articulated it to myself very much. Um, Mm -hmm. The music felt manipulative, but that could have been because the rest of the film was so flat. I would guess that is the case, but I need. I mean, to maybe to I could have listened to the score of The Last of Us in this movie and been like, "Is manipulating yeah, my." Emotions. I think so. <laughs> I think so. But I also, I mean, I didn't listen to it a ton, so that's something I'd like to revisit. Okay. But anyway, on to characters. characters. Uh, Hans Hans Huberman. This was the most disappointing character for me. Really? I didn't like when him. I when Hans walked into the room or into the scene. I kind of said to myself. What, what, what have you done with Liesl's Papa? This is an imposter. <laughs> and uh, he isn't what I imagined. And so, so I, I took a mental step yeah. back. Right. I took that step back and said, stopping an immature dunderhead, he's not going to look no, exactly I'm like what you imagined. No, I'm going to keep being a, a, an immature dunderhead. <laughs> well, so right. you you just blindly hated no, the character. No, no. I tried to accept him through the whole movie. I think what I didn't like about him, this may be a weird one, but I thought he was too old. Um, what? I, I didn't see Hans Huberman that old. Are you serious? I, yeah, maybe you're, in the book. You're just maybe wrong. I missed the book. <laughs> maybe the book wasn't explicit. That guy looked really. Hans Huberman had an adult son. He totally could have looked that old. He, I'm he, not saying he had he an adult son, and he was called. I'm pretty sure I remember them calling him, calling him out when he was in the army about how old he was. I don't remember that. Like he, yeah, he was old. But that's okay. I mean, everyone has different. Old. You're just is wrong, a Brian. Pretty relative term. <laughs> he did seem pretty old but i actually kind of liked that interpretation of him to i me i don't know it felt I had too much like a grandfatherly role yeah he didn't feel like his own person like he did in the book mm. um for one thing he just looked too like i said he looked too much like a traditional old grandfatherly um mentor role <laughs> well at least for me he seemed much more like his own kind of original person mm-hmm. in the book he seemed a lot less uh Oh, this is going to be hard to articulate, but Stephen, what were your thoughts on Han Superman? Well, I want to make an allusion to Battlestar Galactica, but I know neither of you will get my reference. All right, fine. I've seen like Go ahead. six episodes. Did you run across... Well, of course you did. You know the, the um, old war dog admiral? Yes. I felt like Han Superman consistently looked like that character did when that character was in pain and grimacing. <laughs> 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 like, he was just stuck like that. Right. Um, I, I, get that. Uh, I did notice he wasn't as like loose as he was in the books. And like let, let's right. let's be honest. The the picture that um the book painted for that character is just doomed to failure by putting him on screen. 
everyone right. i felt you know you don't think of what he looks like you just know that he smells like dried paint and stale cigarettes you know it's like show me that right. on the screen and it's going to be really hard but like to me hans huberman is like quiet intense compassionate and unexpected and that guy was kind of just there mm. like he was just he was too uh, bulky and line and like lined in the face and just kind of grizzled in a way that i never imagined hans yeah, i mean i think you're right i thought of hans as an odd looking almost an abraham lincoln sort of figure mm-hmm. who is right. too who is shaped oddly or very skinny or very tall or something and playing his accordion um in the in the background and everyone's like oh there's old crazy hans or whatever but he has this subtle wisdom and the movie doesn't do subtle yeah. very well I think you hit the nail on the head, Stephen, when you were just talking about how it was doomed to fail because Hans was so mm-hmm. subtle in the book and so unexplainable. And I just feel like they again went the kind of the easy, obvious way with him in this book. Or in the movie, sorry. What do you think, Abigail? What did you think of Hans? I kind of agreed. Um when he when he first showed up, she's in the car and he you know, in the book he's the only one who was able to coax her out. Mm-hmm. He didn't coax very well. Yeah. Honestly, that was no. the first time I went, oh, that kind of sucks. Um, he showed up. He was just kind of there. I agree with that sentiment. He looked her straight in the face. He said things. He said goodnight. He didn't have the caring feel. He didn't have the the warmth yeah. to me. He was still a great character. I still liked him in the movie, but he didn't mm-hmm. have the same outcast, but... Like, in the movie, he was like a diamond in the rough. I'm sorry, in the book, he was like a diamond in the rough. In the book, it felt like he cared more than he should have. Like, I seem to remember him, like, staying up for hours, just waiting for Liesl. Just, she won't come out. Okay, then I will wait. mm -hmm. He stayed up uh, with her every night. He barely slept. He traded his cigarettes for her books. He did a lot for her. You know, he, he used his paint and whatnot that he used for his job for her dictionary downstairs. Um, and so uh, I feel like a lot of those aspects of him were lost. And at the same time, I agree, it's really hard to portray a lot of these things that made Hans mm-hmm. Hans on the screen because they're tiny little details. They don't necessarily matter to the story, but at the same time, they're the only things that matter to the story. I wonder if, right. if it's difficult, but perhaps... It and of course, have... we all agree that he's too old. <laughs> no, I don't that was the real problem. I felt like... I'm <laughs> <laughs> I actually think that they got a good age. All right, it was fine, fine. Stephen. Um, yeah, I think that I really wish that they could have just taken some braver steps and put in those details, even though they seem irrelevant. Like mm-hmm. do yep. something to make him seem strange or memorable, or something other than, mm-hmm. like you said, just this kindly Ooh. grandfather who's good at winking. But yeah, he winked too much. <laughs> it made it so obvious. A good comparison. Okay, not only for the book and the movie, but also for Hans comes from Anne of Green Gables. Um, the movie mm. version specifically, the character of Matthew in Can of Anne of Green Gables had exactly, he was a little bit too old. Now that would have been too old. But the <laughs> character of Matthew, he didn't say very much. He didn't do very much. He did not, you know, have a ton of scenes. He didn't have a ton of lines. But he was the one who cared for Anne the most. He was her support. He was her warmth. He was this cute, quirky, little weird character that has a big heart, exactly mm. like Hans was supposed to be, and they pulled right. that off somehow. I'm not sure I did sure not how. realize how <laughs> similar those dynamics yeah. were before now, but you're totally right. They really like, are. The whole movie is very much, <laughs> I'm gonna die. <laughs> oh no! <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Death uh, is coming this me. is podcasting gold. <laughs> I know. I took but... Abigail's soul into my arms. <laughs> she sat up to meet me. Um, but the the whole movie should have made me feel the way that Anna Green Gables did. That's how I feel. Did, did Anna Green Gables, did her town get bombed at the end of the little fuzzy of the details? No, it didn't get bombed in the end, but I was intensely interested all right. in all the little moments that seemed to not matter. Yep, exactly. But that did not So Hans, that this was... This one was obviously did... a Hollywood flick, not yep. a good storytelling. That's yep. my summary of the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I agree. Hans is done poorly. Moving on. <laughs> um, Rosa. Probably. She wasn't mean enough. Uh, she wasn't mean enough. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she wasn't that's mean just... She... Uh, I don't know. I mean, she was okay. She was fine. She just... She wasn't... Yeah. Everything wasn't harsh enough. I don't know. It's, I didn't love Rosa borderline in the book. borderline abusive. 
that's what she was in the book yeah i feel like they had to pull back on everything like yeah. they wouldn't take their characters to extremes like I, the book did like, like when Liesel scared. just swore at the uh <laughs> uh at the uh mayor's wife and just threw the book at her and mm-hmm. was a complete jerk mm-hmm. for seemingly no reason and when um rosa would just like scream in the kitchen she was just kind of stern but mm-hmm. she was seemed like a pretty normal person yeah and i guess it kind of takes out what was interesting about her because now she's she's just boring like she was at least boring and a little entertaining in the book um and got some depth because you realized how she seemed like completely out of balance at the beginning and then it kind of you realized oh wait a minute she's not insane she's actually kind of good in a crisis in the movie it felt like well of course she'd be okay in a crisis she's just a normal person anyone would be okay at this yeah so it didn't feel like that divide was mm-hmm. there I don't have anything else to say really about yeah. Yeah, Rosa. I feel like Rosa is the perfect example of how the creators of the film were afraid to mm-hmm. actually go all out. Um, it's like right. they wanted to make a safe movie. They're like, you know what? Let's make sure that this movie sells. So yeah. we're not going to make her abuse a child on screen. <laughs> and like, even I don't know. I feel the, like that's what happened. The, the small things they constantly miss on, miss out on. Like, okay, we, we can't technically curse on this podcast. So when... Rosa um, is first meeting Liesel, and she says, what are you looking at? That They changed the word, and it was a small thing, but it was a lot just harsher and meaner, just like, what, what's wrong with this woman <laughs> in the book? <laughs> and in the movie, she's kind of like, oh, she is a certain person. You are correct. Right. Yeah. Yep, yep. Not, not a lot to say. Like, we didn't have a lot to say about Rosa originally, yeah. but yeah. kind of disappointing. Um, so let's see here. Max! <laughs> Now, I may be an outlier here. Max is probably my f- favorite character they did. He um, was not what I imagined. No. Correct. But he had... I liked them. Yeah, he had yeah. a... He had personality. <laughs> I think what they did best is Max and Liesel's relationship, I think, was the best. There were some moments that I really liked when they, like when they were joking about Hitler. I liked yeah. that. Oh, that was great. Quite a lot. Yeah. I think they did Max in a different but acceptable way. And their relationship, you actually got more warmth from it in a lot of ways than in the book because it was on film. Mm-hmm. Because you could see the two people interacting. At least that's how I read into it. What did you guys think of Max? There was only one thing that I really disliked about Max. What is that? He <laughs> was not consistent in his accent. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't notice. His accent would... Okay, which is funny because I looked him up on IMDb during the movie to find out if he was a German actor because I've never seen him before. Mm-hmm. So I was like, is he actually German? Because this little girl who's playing Liesel, I'm pretty sure she's actually German. Um, right. And I was like, I, I, he sounds kind of... He sounds like a Brit. <laughs> he does. <laughs> he, doesn't, oh. he doesn't really sound like a German. So I look I him up. you're right. And it's funny because one of, the, one of his praises on IMDb, IMDb was his ability to do many accents and especially his role in the book thief and i'm going but he's the only one that i heard him talk and say (laughs) he's a brit (laughs) i think i actually noticed that some as well i was wondering if like the character was pretending to be german yeah that's what i was wondering too i was like wait was max actually british and then i went that doesn't make sense for a british Jew to be coming into nazi germany (laughs) (laughs) um so no he was german um and so Mm. that kind of threw me out a little bit since i mean if they had if they had done the entire movie that way with everyone with a British accent, that yep. still would have made me upset, but at least it would have been mm-hmm. consistent. Um, yep. That's a very, very small nit to pick. <laughs> Here's my biggest problem oh. with how they did Max is they entirely cut out that he was a fist fighter. Oh, yeah. Which was kind of important. That's the like, thing. Max, his... I think they did they did well, but they missed yeah. out on the heart of the character. And mm-hmm. how many times am I going he to say that the movie of... did that? But, you know, he didn't. He didn't make the picture book either, and that's just... no. That oh, that disappointed me. Wow. So okay, he didn't. Gave her so he didn't make the picture book, but I did like that they changed it so that he was the one who gave her the book to write it. That's who what gave I like. her that in in the, the movie or in the book. It was the mayor's wife. Oh right, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think it was a really good choice to make it Max instead. And then the book that got thrown in the river was that book. That was really mm-hmm. good because that had a lot more emotional pull to it than I what disagree. Well, okay. Let's say I can totally get why they couldn't go through an entire picture book in the middle of the movie. Sure. It would have been hard to make yeah. that work. That that would have lost all of its emotion. I think I got to yeah. disagree with you guys, though, because I don't think that it worked out this way because it feels generic now. To, to oh, me. I agree. oh, yeah, I, I still I, felt generic. Yeah. I agree with you, Stephen. Okay. I was just saying I don't see how they could have done the picture book well. I guess. Then, I think that would have been yeah, really difficult. Yeah, I suppose so. 
It's just but the how whole... he just has said it was the Jewish word or whatever for right did feel very Jewish. Uh, like, go right. Uh, yeah, I will call upon my cultural heritage. Like Max to was not saying, <laughs> I understand you, small human girl, and I will want to encourage the creativity I see within you. In the book, he's like, I'm a miserable, confused person, and you're the only person I can relate with. Let me put my feelings down in crude fashion in this book that i spent hours forging and it means mm. something right and, and it didn't it didn't mean anything in the movie yeah his illness was also they had to speed through it so quickly that it was tough to really get across either mm. so i mean that that said the parts that they did do with max yeah i think were i like i mean i it was i think initially i was like i don't know about this because it's like there's someone at the door well, answer it. Okay. <gasps> Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, it's Orlando Bloom. And, and I was, was kind of like, uh, I, I didn't think of him like that. I thought he'd be much He was more, a little too, like, handsome. Yeah, he looked kind maybe. of like a movie star, which he is. Yeah. Yeah. But he looked and like one. And there like wasn't he was enough. trying to be a heartthrob, but he wasn't that okay. cute. <laughs> it, it, um, but, then, but then he had personality. He had some charm. I think that's actually another consistent problem I noticed across the movie, and we're just going to keep bringing these up. Um characters physically could not change enough um mm. max did not change very much from when he is at his worst to when he is at his best i from how his hair went from needles to feathers in Liesel's words i believe or twigs to feathers that is to how he was like completely like malnourished and basically dying to quite healthy like you never really got a very large difference in max max's physicality in the movie same with Liesel growing up she Again, this comes from me watching Boyhood, but that has, like, ruined <laughs> well, me on every other movie following a like childhood. I liked how Star Wars did it with Anakin. That was really subtle. Right. Because, like, the Book Thief takes place over how many years? Several, correct? It I takes mean, place over about three? Well, the whole thing mm -hmm. from when she comes yes. there. I mean, oh, that's true. She came at, like, seven, and it was, like, 15, I think, when she... Yeah, right. so it went through. Went and so they had years. to truncate that actual Which is change fine. of a person. Like, that's not... Yeah. Something like, I, I know, expect, but, but I'm saying it's, the... I'm not saying they could have done it differently. I'm saying that's a difficulty yeah. movies yeah. have doing books. The Lord of the Rings had the same problem. Um, yeah, absolutely. So. But Lord of the in, Rings, they did do pretty well, though. I would say this movie did fairly well with that. In that mm -hmm. the actual story seemed like it happened pretty quickly, but the right. epilogue when she sees Max again, she looked legitimately older to me. Yeah, yeah, they did a good job. Yeah. They did really good. They used her hairstyle a lot. Mm -hmm. to, yeah, they to did. portray age. They did a good job. They did like that. the messy curls and then the more like feminine yep. curls later and also her her and uh, i think they put her clothing that's was mm. one of my issues i have to say like what even when lisa was like living in this tiny little dirty you know german <laughs> hole essentially you know she she looks like she just just did her hair with some really nice curling irons or something it's just <laughs> that's a i don't know how she pulled that i imagine her much dirtier and scrappier and less, yeah uh, that that's like, like you know haphazardly nice cut hair running through the streets you know bantering back and forth with rudy it didn't have that that uh on the other hand germans are very prim and proper people mm, no, um, okay so they're gonna keep orderly also i was kind of hoping that they would do some dreamlike sequences of max boxing hitler but they they yeah that, they didn't have the bravery to do that kind of stuff <laughs> is what I'm also saying. the dreams about her brother i was actually surprised there weren't dreams yeah. there um all right so we're back to complaining about different things i'm trying to think if there are any characters left um um well i mean the mayor's Besides wife death. um I okay, think she the was done. Wife, Ilsa Herman. She was done all right. I, I think she, I liked her, um, but they again, just missed they out on the good story arcs. Yeah. What was that, Abigail? I said again, they weren't brave enough with her. She was yeah. flat. She didn't, you did not get the sense at all that she's a broken woman. No, mm -mm. they just skipped it. That was the point. I mean, that was the point I of her did, character. I did like how um, Liesl was with her. She was kind of becoming friends, and then the, the mayor came in and made them stop and everything. They, I think they did that well except for the fact that it felt stilted um mm -hmm. other than that though she was again she was just a means to an end she was just the lady that lisa established relationships so that after everyone died she'd have someone to stay with <laughs> yeah That's kind of what it felt point. like um which is interesting because that wasn't even very necessary because she, as it showed in the future she ended up working with uh, alex yeah well i mean she did end up doing that in the book as well i mean i just oh, yeah. assumed that she ended up living with the one lady yeah. that I, I can only, Alex, I'm just I saying know. the book that shows that the book had more than one role for her. So I'm yeah. saying that role. Oh, wouldn't that's even be true. Necessary. That that wouldn't even really. Yeah. Yeah. I, I anyway, Stephen, you I were saying something. I can imagine that 
people watching this film would be nitpicking very similar things that we are and then just saying why did that matter why do they bother doing that and only mm-hmm. if you've read the book can you explain why it matters because they right. skipped over all the parts that mattered not the things that happened but the reasons <laughs> mm-hmm. that's that's actually the same that's the same um argument i have with the harry potter movies because in the mm. Harry Potter movies, they get everything that matters, but they miss everything behind it. I've watched yes. There is no heart in those movies. It's literally just, hey, the we have happen. magic wands and we're doing these things. The actors do their best to portray emotion, and there is some emotion, especially in the later ones, but they just miss everything behind it that matters. And that's actually my most frequent complaint when a book is being transferred to a movie. I've only seen two... uh, No, three. I've only seen three do it well. That would be Anne of Green Gables, The Fault in Our Stars, and Lord of the Rings. And see, I think one reason Lord of the Rings does it well is there's very little character motivation going on behind the scenes in Lord of the true. Rings. It is a very, it is a very I visual I almost feel like I almost feel like Lord of the Rings movies... No, I can't say that it captured it better. I saw the movies first. That could be part of it. But yeah. after reading the books, I went, oh, wow, you know, they did change things. And everything, but yeah. the movies were good on their own. The books were. I good think on one their own. exception to that is the Hobbit story. I think it had some subtlety <laughs> I that the movies those. didn't get across. That's not part. No, no, of no it. not the Hobbit. I'm talking about the Hobbits in Lord of the Rings. Oh, okay. Some character <laughs> subtlety going on. I think like Aragorn, Gimli, Legolas, that whole story plot. Gandalf had very little that the movies didn't. See, I, I look at it in a slightly different way, though. Um, okay. Comparing it to Harry Potter, um, in this, let's say this, the first and second Harry Potter movie. Every single thing that happens in those films is essentially shot for shot from the book. It is all accurate. Uh-huh. If you're a fan, there's no room to complain. And I liked the books and was bored out of my mind watching the movies. Yeah. Lord of the Rings. That's, that's how I felt. They change massive things. They take out the 15-year gap in the first book. They change uh, Lord Faramir's entire character motivation. They, um, they, Gollum has different story arcs. Like, the whole thing is changed. But I love those movies because they take risks and they have true heart and, like, passion beyond just trying to get page to screen. You know, mm-hmm. it's yep. they – I don't like all the changes. I, I actually am more angry at those movies than I am at, like, the Harry Potter movies. But that's because the the writers on the movies cared enough to make their own interpretation and make something that's worth standing on its own. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it's more important to me that you capture the spirit and the heart of the book than you capture exactly what happened, which is why I'm okay. I mean, there were certain, especially in Lord of the Rings, when they changed Aragorn's character, I liked him much better in the books. But I was totally okay with how he went on in the movies because the whole spirit of the movies and the way everything worked together felt just like the books. Right, so at the end, when everyone is saying goodbye, it doesn't really matter what happened because the re- mm-hmm. because why it's happening is exactly the same you still feel those same emotions because exactly. like you said the spirit is definitely there and in the book thief it ended the way the book ended but i felt nothing <laughs> except mm-hmm. like disappointment right exactly so i will say i actually appreciated a little bit like the final shot um of the book thief oh uh, that really was cool pretty idea. cool of showing her house, like, in the future. Yeah, that was kind of interesting. Like, when it showed the Apple computer, it was just kind of almost a chills moment of, like, oh, my gosh, someone could live from Liesel's time to living with an Apple computer. Mm-hmm. Like, that was almost just a cool passage of time moment for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but nevertheless, I agree with all of the points you just made. I just wanted to bring that up before we close out here that yeah. I actually quite liked that shot. Um, and that scene showing all the different pictures of her house cool. as a way to kind of tie together her narrative. I've seen the Titanic. It doesn't amaze me. Unfortunately, I don't know what you're talking about, but okay. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I don't. I feel like when he did the Haunted by Humans line, it was one of those moments of, man, did you not earn yeah. that, oh, that yeah. line? That was just, Because of course you have to end with that, but that line is so good in the book and in the movie. It was just so, okay. And then you compare that to- Because he did no haunting in the movie. He did tons of haunting in the book. Precisely. And also, it's just like, why do you care? That was a boring story. Like, <laughs> that's yeah. what interests you? So yeah, he didn't give you didn't at all get a good sense of why death was interesting. No, you didn't understand who he was remotely. I mean, I can imagine someone saying like talking to you about the movie and saying, "So I think that the story is really about death," and then being like, "What? You mean yeah, everyone died?" It's like, no, I mean, I mean the character of death. 
Oh, that was Death? I kind of... Oh, you mean the narrator? Oh, I'd forgotten about him. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I can imagine people watching the movie being like, so I think I figured it out. The narrator is dead. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> You know, I don't blame you for taking some time to realize that because they didn't make it that clear. Like they only did a couple scenes, but you really forget about him a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's that's a good point. Uh, that that wraps up all the characters. Any closing notes before we end this here podcast? I'm really impressed by all of you people who put a lot of hard work into making this film. <laughs> yeah, if you're listening to this, you're like, whoa, someone made a podcast about us. I'm sorry. I mean, uh, it was I, it was very it was good it just yes. wasn't what we wanted yes make it again <laughs> try again try again yes. <laughs> well i we okay in their defense in their defense i'll just i'll use this as my last words mm-hmm. i went into the movie expecting it not to be good because i read the book first not necessarily because i read the book first but because okay <clears throat> i'm using the same words to say different things because <laughs> i read the book and saw that the way that the book was laid out the heart behind the book, the fact that death was such a huge part of why I love that book, I knew the movie wasn't going to be good. And that's because it's very, it probably could have been done to make this movie or this book into a very powerful movie, but you would have had to change so much of it that it probably would have lost all of its book thief essence and would have just been a different movie, in my opinion. So in that light, kudos to those who tried. I appreciate it. You know, y'all made some money. That's good. But other than that, I I was surprised. To, after I read the book, I was surprised to find out that it was a movie. I was mm-hmm. too. Yeah, I was I was not expecting that. Yeah. Another weird side note. These are my closing closing uh, comments, I guess, which is not like a wrap up or anything. But I found it very jarring that the book was in or sorry, the movie was in English. Um, yes, I kind of wanted it to be all in German. To the point where they're writing English words on the wall. That's where I find it like hard to wrap my mind around like, okay, so I'm not actually seeing what these people are doing. Like, because she was learning German words, I assume. Mm -hmm. And so you have to imagine in what they're portraying, the thing you're looking at is actually different. Like there should be German words on the wall. Especially since every once in a while, and I guess the book did this too, it seemed like they would just slip in little phrases in German or French. The book did that as well. And it I never like it when things do that. In the book, it was a little bit more excusable because you can't read German. In the movie, they could have had everyone do everything in German and have subtitles. There was, that's at the what very I wanted. beginning, they, the first line was subtitled German. And I'm like, oh, I was really awesome. excited. <laughs> yeah. And then it wasn't. And that honestly really bummed me out. Yeah. I think that could have been, a, it could have been a much, it would have been a very interesting thing that could have put the movie closer to delivering something close to what the book did, or at mm-hmm. least something different than an average movie. So just random thing I wanted to point out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And that'll do it for our first uh, movie you didn't discussion. Give me any I think that thoughts. Was- <laughs> I thought, yeah, I thought I gave you first. No, I don't think no. so. I'm pretty sure. I could have sworn you, you I did. didn't. I didn't? Nope. I well, I'm going to edit it up, so I did, you know. and you're going to sound so oh, wrong. no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Stephen, you got any closing thoughts? Um, I think the, my closing thoughts are that, um, kind of what I was saying at the beginning, it feels like a bunch of people monitoring the New York Times bestseller list saw this, realized it was popular, found the summary on Spark Notes, and... <sighs> You can be so like dismissive of things when you wrap them up <laughs> put, like this. Put put those scenes into a film. Now they they also got people to to act well ish, and they you know they they made sure everything was accurate to the book and made sure that all of the proper um things were in place. But no one really cared about. Yeah. The message. I think honestly, my best advice to this movie would be don't make. Yeah, it. I think like, so. There's no reason well that this alone. movie should have succeeded. It's it's so hard. Yeah, I like yeah. when I criticize something like I don't know Transformers. I haven't actually seen it, but it's pretty easy to look at a movie like that and say just get a better script. You know, make interesting characters. Just do something mm-hmm. fun and well written with it instead of whatever. You look this at is. some of the early like, Star Wars feel, movies and say, yeah. how did this fail? This is this, everything about right. this is awesome. I feel like you can just you know you can. Your criticisms feel like, yeah, it's easy. Just do that. I don't have any easy answers for making <laughs> right. a book thief movie good. Um, there are things they could have done better. We've been able to point out some of the things that went wrong, but actually, you know, not just not just not being wrong, but being actively right would be very difficult for something like this because it's not a story that naturally translates it, to film. It is 
all about the prose and the writing. I mean, I was even, I felt bad even listening to an audiobook instead of reading it at times because the actual book, how it was laid out, would like put a picture book in the middle of it and do interesting things with its limited, uh, limited tools. So it's really hard to adapt that to other mediums. I, I completely agree. It, it, yeah. it, it sounds like an exciting challenge and I like already have ideas in my mind on how it could be done. I just don't think mm-hmm. that these people were looking for that. I think they wanted to adapt mm-hmm. a movie into a book. I mean, a book into a movie. Right. Well, I mean, <laughs> it was, it was a YA, almost mm. dystopian. It was not to Germany. So I kind of count that as a dystopia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a, it was a YA dystopian bestseller. Therefore it was made into a movie. That's what happens. That's the only reason it was made into a movie in my mind. Dang it, you're right. You're right. Um, and just like it was Hunger only dystopian because everything like got divergent. blown up. Yeah, the it, was, is... it was again one of those one of those stories that either could not like it couldn't support itself as a story. It could only support itself because it was in writing, and they made yeah. it into a movie. So it it just makes me continue to nod my head and say, "Yep, I get it." With the Hunger Games, and then say, "I don't know how they did it with the Fault in Our Stars." Um, mm-hmm. That was an anomaly. That, that blew my mind. Yeah. honestly. Yes. And the more times I watch that, the more I like it. I've now seen that movie the same amount of times as I've read the book, and I have not. I've actually grown to like it more and the actors more and everything about it more, but with a lot of these other movies, I just like them less. Well, it makes, I mean, the nice thing about The Fault in Our Stars is, A, you barely have to spend any budget or time on the setting. That's true. Like, talk about the easiest movie to film ever. And B, the writing is already good and interesting to read off verbatim. Mm-hmm. So you're already going to have a character with a lot oh, of character. Yeah. I don't think Gus's actor time, was particularly great. I would, but okay, his lines were okay. great. I didn't think he was particularly great the first time I went through. The more times that I go through it, though, I think, wow, that's Gus's voice. But maybe okay. that's because I've seen it. Um, <laughs> right. But with that's the thing that gets me, though. The Fault in Our Stars was really well done. Maybe it's because they brought John Green onto the set. When that surely helped. It, yeah. That could have been it because his heart was really behind it, and the director's heart—he wanted to portray a book that John could be proud of, or I'm sorry, a mm-hmm. movie that John could be proud of with the movie that didn't happen. And the the movie, the writing was really good. They could have taken so many lines verbatim. They could have had Death narrating as many scenes as Hazel narrated in The Fault in Our Stars, and even that would have made it a little bit better. Um, some different camera angles would have made it a little bit better. Some different actors mm-hmm. would have made it a little bit better. There are so right. many ways that this could have lived up to the Fault in Our Stars potential, Yeah, but it didn't. I just think their focus was in the wrong place Absolutely. for most of it. Um, it did so, feel yeah. a bit like someone told them that they had to put the narrator in, so then they mm-hmm. just picked a few places and then ignored him for the rest of the film. But And he was right. English. Like, uh, yeah, very. I didn't know death was English. I mean that, but that was okay. It was okay. I That's I fine. don't know what I would have expected him to be. Swahilian. <laughs> okay, I think we're done. <laughs> Irish. I don't know. Anyway, yes. Uh, thank you everyone for joining us for yet another episode. Um, we're going to be starting a new book uh, for next week's episode. Woo! This was technically a bookmark episode, um, and we are going to be starting one that Stephen has brought us this time. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the Golem and the Genie. Um, for people that don't know how to spell that, it's the golem and the J-I-N-N-I. We'll have it in the show notes as well. Um, I don't really know anything about this book except what you told me, Stephen, so just give your quick summary. Um, well, like I said last time, it's about two mythical beings meeting and, uh, understanding one another and going on some, uh, compellingly mysterious adventures. Awesome. All right. Uh, so you can get that Amazon, lots of different places. I just say Amazon because that's where I got it. I really feel like I wasn't writing it because you told me to give the 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 book recommendation for the week, and I'm like, okay, I gotta give a good pitch. I'm so <laughs> exciting. <laughs> exactly. So we're gonna be reading Act One, which is going to be uh, chapters one through ten. Um, there are like thirty chapters in this book, so yeah. Are they long chapters? Uh, it didn't seem really like know. a super long book, but then again, I only saw the cover on Amazon because that's uh, the only way I buy books nowadays. And that's how you can tell. <laughs> it. It's about five hundred pages. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, so yeah, not that long. Okay. Um, so yeah, we're going to be discussing chapters 1 through 10 on our episode next week, so feel free to read along and join us. Or just, if you like listening to us talk about things and having it spoiled for you, then you don't You're in the right place, it. folks. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's coming you up. The books, uh, you don't have to. You can find us on Twitter at Third Person Show. I am personally on Twitter as Lord Meldor. That's M-E-L-D-O-R-R. 
Stephen is Stephen Kelly 180. Abigail is the thinky reader. Is that yes, correct? you got wow. it. Wow. Yeah. The thinky reader. You can email us at thirdpersonshow at gmail.com and you can visit our web co- webcast, our <laughs> website at whalesorwhales.com. Um, you'll find us there on the front page. Uh, yeah, we have a lot of other shows as well because we're part of the Whales or Whales network. So there are other cool podcasts like this with cool people like us and a webcomic as well. It's, it's a fun, it's a fun platform. So check that out. Um, anything else, Stephen, that you want to plug or that we missed? Nope. 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 Nothing. Okay. Then that'll be it. Um, thank you everyone. And until next week, go hug a book. Oh no. But for now, we're keeping it. For now. We've got to book it. This is getting even worse as we're breaking so let's out just into add, like a storytelling yeah. podcast instead of just a book podcast. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's like we're go hug to the, the storytelling medium. 